Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Links and Locks Podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's going on, everybody? And welcome to the Links and Locks Best Bets Podcast. I'm Jason Sobel. He is Ben Everill. And in just a few minutes, we will be breaking down this week's Honda Classic, maybe a little review of the Genesis Invitational first. As a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast is proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION, A-C-T-I-O-N, to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get $200 for free. Benny, what's going on? How are you doing? Doing good, mate. Obviously, a big week here in LA with the Genesis Invitational. We had Tiger for four days, which you know we weren't certain that that would happen, but it was pretty awesome that it did. Um, he did try to fade. He came home strong early and came home strong late in round one and faded in round two, but got there in the end. And uh, it helped sell thousands of tickets last minute for the weekend. By the way, um, okay. created so, some atmosphere. Real quick, I want to ask you about Rom. I want to ask you about Tiger. Which one do you want to take on first? Oh, let's let's stick with Tiger since we've started with him, and we'll get to Rambo after that. Just kind of thoughts on him moving forward. I've got some thoughts as well, but uh, this okay, was a so, nice first step in the right direction, wasn't it? Yeah, look, so here's the thing with Tiger, I think. I think he's shown enough for us to have that, like, anticipation or the dream that he could potentially do something for four days, one week a year, at some point in the next few years. Like, it's going to, it would need to be a miracle, but we've seen those before. We've actually seen it with him at the Masters in 2019, right? So I think we saw enough to suggest that he could, if everything fell into place for him, if everything um, was perfect, could thrill us a, a little. Is he going to do it regularly? No, never again. You know, like it's not going to be a regular thing. Can he do it in these, when he has these big breaks between events? Sure, I think he can. He, he, he's got it in him. I mean, the talent, is there, and honestly, it was pretty impressive to see him. And he called it like steer it around. Like he's that good that he can like just dial it up and back when he needed to. When he wanted to outdrive JT and Rory, he did. When he wanted to just feather it around, he did. And he can still putt on his on some, you know, on certain days. So there's enough for us to be excited that he could be that guy that wins as an old man. So last week I called this essentially a spring training start, mm-hmm. a preseason game, just get some reps in before 
major championship season. I would now say, Ben, that, look, I, I have no idea how Tiger felt waking up Monday morning after playing four competitive rounds in a pro-am, and I know how much work he's putting in just to get all the treatment and get himself prepared to go play every single day. But presuming he feels okay and the swing looked good, I'm at the point where I'd be more surprised if we didn't see him at the Players' Championship in a few weeks than if we did see him. Uh, the 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 rationale here is twofold. First of all, uh, it's all systems go. I mean, no, I don't expect him to play 15 times in a year. He's told us that many, many times. But if he's going to play the events that mean the most, it would make sense for him to go out and play the players, if nothing else, get a little more action, competitive action, going into the first major of the year at Augusta. And secondly, Tiger's been such a vocal leader and supporter of the PGA Tour over the last year in such tumultuous times in professional golf that I truly believe he wants to show his support visibly for the tour, mm -hmm. not just audibly. And so I think that he knows if he shows up for the Players' Championship, that's a little feather in the cap for Jay Monahan and everybody else in Ponte Vedra Beach. And I think it would be um, it would be a pretty nice thing for him to be able to go and show up again. He's not going to do it if he's not healthy enough. But as long as he's feeling okay, the swing feels okay, I do think that we'll see him at the players in a few weeks. Getting to John Rahm real quick. Obviously, wins for the third time this year at the Genesis Invitational. He's now won three times, by the way, from the pre-tournament favorite position. And I'm not sure we're going to see an event, at least for a while, where John <laughs> Rahm isn't the favorite going in. He's just that good. Gains his right position at number one in the official World Golf Ranking once again. Um, which I look, Rory McElroy, Scotty Scheffler might take it back from him at some point, but boy, is John Rahm playing some great golf right now. Yeah, look, uh, and I'm testing my own memory even just back a week, but I know that you and I both, we might not have had him on our board, but we said that's only because he's starting as favorite and he could easily go on and win as favorite as he's shown he can. And and that's what he did. And, um, yeah, you know, it was impressive. I'll tell you where I, where I found it impressive. Uh, Max Homer put up a real good fight to him like and he wasn't going away and on Sunday they both hit a little mini stumble on that 12 13 etc area and it could have gone either way and prior to that there were a few let's say choice words coming from Ram and he looked a little heated and he looked a little like oh this could be that old Ram ready to implode and and quite frankly we saw the week before in Phoenix when it wasn't quite going his way he sort of fell You're back right. and I thought, oh hang on a minute but instead, he did what Tiger used to do. When the moment came, he stepped up. He went to the next, he shook off the bad hole, went to the par three, what is it, uh, 14th, mm -hmm. and made a bomb right when it made it. Smashed one in. Then two holes later, hits the shot of the day on 16 and takes the tournament right there. Those are big moments. Those are special players. Max Homer is in the elite class now, but it was Ram who put that moment on the table when it meant something. And and, you know, that's that's impressive as we head into, like you said, the big tournaments. We've got the players where he, you know, he should have won one already. Well, I can't remember the year, but remember he was in control and had a late implosion when he was much younger. Yeah. Um, I don't see him necessarily doing that again uh, if he gets in position. So last year was pretty much a write-off for anyone who wasn't on the exact side of the draw. Don't forget that when you're looking at past history. And, uh, yeah, so he'll be very hard to beat in a couple of weeks there. Yeah, Benny, very important for Rom too. Not that not Rom needed to show us or himself anything, didn't have to prove anything, but uh, you mentioned it there. Uh, Tory Pines 
in contention, shoot 74 in the final round, got flustered, got frustrated, never really got it back. And last week or two weeks ago, I guess, in Phoenix, shot 68 in the final round, which doesn't sound that bad, except all the guys around him on the leaderboard, Scheffler, Nick Taylor, Justin Thomas, all shot 65 that day. And so he certainly could have gone lower. It was out there for him. Didn't play his best golf in the final round. Now goes out there in a final round. And yes, the the mini final round slump of John Rahm is yeah. finally over. Okay, I, I, I kid, I kid. I say that in jest. All right, let's do what we do every single week here on the Links and Locks podcast. Playing 18 holes, making 18 bets for this week's Honda Classic. This one's going to be interesting, Benny, because we only <laughs> got three of the top 20 players in the world, eight of the top 50. Going to have to dig deep. Where are you starting? Oh, you'll be surprised to see I'm starting with an Australian. And uh, one that we don't see that often, but Minwoo Lee is coming into town. And, you know, in, in this field and the way he's been going on the DP World Tour uh, of late, nothing worse than 12th, I think, since he missed the cut uh, late last year in the Italian Open, uh, including a third at the Australian Open. Um, I just think that he's a player that could sneak up on a few people. And he's only, look, it's only plus 2,200 to win, but... Uh, I've saw obviously Minwoo grow up. I remember being uh, watching him in a few Australian Opens when he was still a teen. Uh, he's the the brother of a very accomplished LPGA star as well in Minji, who's won majors. So and he's got a chip on his shoulder that he wants to prove his own name and show that he can do that as well. Um, yeah, so just a sneaky little jab there as my first outright option uh, for the Aussies in Minwoo Lee. I don't know whether to say that you've. Dug deep and made a really good play there with Minwoo Lee and finding all those stats on him. Or at 22 to 1, is that just sort of the harbinger of things to come this week? Because there are some numbers that um, are shorter than we ever would have thought for some of these players, just based on the field strength. So I do think that Lee is a nice play. And you're right. I mean, he's been on absolute fire on the DP World Tour recently. So if he can keep that going, he's a nice play. All right. Second hole. I, I tried to dig deep. I looked for, I always start this out with a long shot outright play. And I picked out my guy and I said, all right, that's a nice long shot play. What's he? 100 to 1, 125? What kind of number are we getting on him? Uh, Robbie Shelton is 45 to 1 this week at Bet365. <laughs> Good folks at Bet365. I'm not blaming them. He's about the same in most books. It's not like anyone's pricing him wrong. It's just, boy, uh, there's not a whole lot of competition. So Shelton, I like for a few reasons. First of all, very sneaky so far this season. Six top mm-hmm. 25s in 11 starts on the PGA Tour since the fall. And then you look back at what he's done on the Corn Ferry Tour. And I always think that success on one level translates to success on another level. In 2019, he won twice on the Corn Ferry Tour, got his PGA Tour card. Eventually wound up back on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. He won twice again. And so this is a guy who knows how to win at a very high level and has done it on multiple occasions. I'll take my shot at 45 to one. I would have liked double or triple that number, but it is what it is this week. You ain't going to get any better. Yeah. Look, he came up on my um, short list uh, partly because I think he was 11th when he first played there in 2020, yes. he got to start there. So uh, that got, that sort of got me looking at him. And as you said, yeah, multiple top 25s, a couple of top tens this season. So nice pick. As we've said from the start, the numbers are tough this week because look, let's face it. This has been a long shot event over the years for the majority of times. Um, 
And that because there's what seven million water hazards, is that right, Jace? You I mean it's your town near your town? About but that. It, yeah, yeah, I thought it was about that. So it's pretty hard to. I mean, Jason Day once said to me in the early days, I was covering golf over a decade ago now. He, I said, Oh, well, why don't you like this place or whatever? And it was like, Well, I can't recover from the water, <laughs> you know, like he can hit a shot around a tree through a gap or whatever else, but you just can't recover from the water. That's um, a fair point. So, you know, when there's a lot of water, certain guys are going to have trouble and certain aren't. So that's one of the big things I, I did look at is winners over the last like seven, eight, nine years there have had to have the strong strokes gain T to green, right? Yep. So based on that, I'm going to throw you my first top five play, which again, look at this guy potentially in the overall as well. There's a winner late in the fall, Adam Svensson. Uh, he is a guy that uh, you know has been pretty decent strokes to grain, strokes T to green so far this year. I just got to get his actual number here. I know it was there somewhere because it came up, but he's you know he's half decent in that in that space. He was what plus three thousand to win, plus six fifty for a top five. Um, you know, like he was T nine last year yep. at PJ National, and he led the field last year in strokes gained T to green. I think only the win the winner might have been second. Uh, you know, Stracker might have been second in the in on T to Green. But so that's enough for me to think that he's a top five and a potential outright play. Uh, I like that a lot, Benny. In fact, I'm gonna rearrange my my card a little bit here to move my Svensson play up to the fourth hole because I've got him as well. I've got him in the player market bets at bet three six five, where essentially you can bet guys uh it's sort of the over-under for their final result on the leaderboard. They've got Adam Svensson this week at 35th or better, minus 120. I get it. They're used up odds. The minus 120 odds are for everybody's over or under, but uh, I really like the Svensson play. Like you mentioned, ninth here last year, ninth last week at Riviera. There aren't a whole lot of guys. You, you and I were talking about this before we hit record on the pod. There are very few players who have both uh, recent form and course yeah. history on this yeah. golf course. And so, you start going through it and you're like, well, that's the intersection we look for. That's sort of the sweet spot of somebody has been playing really well lately and they're coming to a golf course where they've shown some success in the past. Okay. That's what we're looking for. That's what we're targeting. There's not a whole lot of those guys this week. Adam Svensson yeah. is one of them. Let's put them on the card. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Well, I'll throw in my, um, uh, player market, but as you said, this week I've found a guy that I think can be better than 53rd that bet three, six, five has his over under at, and he's 110 to one in the overall, if you want to look at, you know, the long shots, et cetera, but he's one of the top guys in the field. Uh, the top guys, strokes gain Teddy Green that is in this field. Uh, he's 32nd on tour this season, but uh, you know, third, fourth or fifth in amongst the players that are actually playing this week. That's Eric Van Royen, mm. uh, 53rd or better. He's, he's one on tour. He's clearly, you know, got the goods. Um, I think that that's a number that gives you pretty much, that's pretty safe in that five to six uh, scenario. Yeah, I like that. Um, he's a guy that after watching him at the American Express earlier this year, I just saw a little something in him. He hadn't yeah. shown us much last year. He missed that 10 of 21 worldwide starts a year ago. I just think that he's ready to have a big comeback bounce back year. So I do like the Van Royen play. He's a world-class player when he's playing his best golf. All right, sixth hole, I'm going to stick with these player market bets, but I've got a fade instead of a play. And okay. I'm fading for one reason and one reason only. It's not because Shane Lowry has been playing poor golf, although until last week at the Genesis, he was not playing great. He did 
uh, show up last week. What was he? 13th, 14th on the leaderboard, something like that. Mm-hmm. That said, Shane Lowry was on our show, our radio show, hitting the green on Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio when we were live at the 17th hole at TBC Scottsdale a few weeks ago. And we started talking schedule with him. And he said, yeah, I'm playing the Honda. He was second last year. Remember, he had a chance to win down the stretch. All of a sudden, a rainstorm comes out of nowhere. The wind starts howling, and he winds up uh, falling just short. Really bad timing for Lowry, who wanted them to delay play at that point. Has nothing to do with any of that other than he said, yeah, I guess I'll play the Honda. I live five minutes away, so I'm going to be practicing that week anyway. So I might as well just go play. That, to me, does not sound like a guy who's ready to go out there and play the (laughs) third week out of five. Uh, where he's sandwiched by two designated events on either side. This sounds like a guy who's just kind of, well, I feel like I should, so I'll go out there and do it. I can see Shane Lowry. If he doesn't go shoot 65 in the first round, if it's closer to a 72-73, I just don't know if the whole, let's say, give a heck meter is going to be on full going into (laughs) Friday afternoon's second round. So I've got him 21st or worse in the player market bets and I'm taking that. Oh, man. That is a big call. Because you're right. He has been playing well. He was runner-up. He's five for five at PGA National. Yeah. Um, I'm going to come back to him later. Uh-huh. So there we go. Okay. Uh, I do love what you're saying, though, because that would be like buyer beware. Have a look at the guys that are, you know, that are the bigger names in this. And this includes the guy I'm going to go to now for my next time. I'll give you a first round leader on the guy that is the clear favorite in the betting books. I'm going to go to Sungjae Im. Uh, won the tournament before. I just don't love plus, what is it, 750, 50 or whatever to start a tournament. Yeah. Especially when, as we've just said, two big weeks, two big weeks coming straight after this week. So it's like, is how much effort are they going to put in? Like you'd like to think they're giving their best all the time, and they, you know, and they, they. It's not like they don't not try, but you've got to think that they've got to take the foot off the gas at some point. Now, Sunday's the only guy that has proven he doesn't necessarily need to, mm-hmm. so that is why I've decided to try to catch that twenty five hundred in the first round rather than just get on the favorite from the start. Now, look, John Rahm was the favorite from the start the last three times, and he won them. So you can't always try to, you know, jag the better odds. You Sometimes you've got to take them when they're there. But I think that Sungjae, I'm going to look at the 2,500. If he starts well, great. You might have a chance for that to, to cash. If he doesn't, you might get better than that 850. You might get 1,200. You might get 1,300 from a guy who's three or four back. And you'll have to decide what he's going to do on Friday. Is this guy going to come out and chase it? Or is he going to take the foot off and just see what happens? Um, but yeah, that's my play for first round leaders, Sungjae, and that's where I want him. Just in, just until I see how much gas he's putting into this this week. Okay, uh, eighth hole. I'm going to go to my Sungjae play here, and it, and it takes a re- an explanation because I think that if you just hear the play, you're going to go, "Oh, come on, Sobel." I'm taking mm-hmm. Sungjae for a top ten, and I know some people out there are going to go immediately. Yeah, no kidding. He's the prohibitive favorite in a field of uh, really weakened players and, you know, not a great, uh, not a great field list as far as uh, big names, a top 10 way to go out on a limb. Here's my point though. If you can get Sunjay for a top 10, I think he's not a guy that has that. Gosh, I don't want to say mail it in, but he's just, 
He's a guy that's going to step on the gas pedal no matter what. This is not, oh, it's only the Honda, and I have Bay Hill and the players coming up very soon, so um, I, I'm just going to like take it easy this week. That, it's just not in his makeup. He's a past champion here. Sunjay for a top 10, and I'm thinking like half the bankroll this week on something like Sunjay for a top 10. Then you can <laughs> spread it around with a few lottery tickets, trying to hit yeah. some outrights, trying to hit some other bigger numbers. But at plus 115, if you think about it this way, what do you like better? Some underdog to beat another player in a head-to-head matchup at plus 115 or Sunjay for a top 10 at that number? I will take Sunjay all day, and I will take him this week. And I actually really like that play. And again, this is not a, you know, well, I'm just sort of, uh, not going out on a limb with the top 10. This is like, no, it's it's strategic in that I'm thinking somewhere in the 30, 40, 50% of your bankroll on this play, and then you can kind of let it roll with everything else. All right. Well, I, will, I guess I'll go to Lowry now then, because that's uh, the top 10 with for almost the exact same reasons was where I was looking at Lowry. Okay. I was looking at Lowry as, okay, he wants to impress in front of the home crowd. He is uh, coming off a reasonable week at the Genesis. He's five for five making the cut at PGA National. But you're 100% right. I, I can't say that I'm gung-ho for this because I just don't know. You just don't know what that attitude's going to be come Thursday, right? Now, maybe he takes a rest Tuesday, Wednesday, and that's where he gets his juice back. That's where he takes gets things flowing. And he comes out Thursday, knows the course so well, and plays great. And, and if it's that Larry that turns up, I do think that he's a chance to win the whole thing, to be honest. I think there is a little bit of annoyance in what happened to him last time, um, that he was, you know, unable to sort of get that that win with the storm that came in. Um, but, you know, you've definitely made me think twice about it. So I'll just leave it at that. I, I will say, look, and I've already said I'm fading Lowry this week. I think it, a lot of it comes down to how he plays in the first round. If it's, Correct. like I said, 65, 66, 67, he goes, all right, let me go out here and win this thing. I can use a win. Yeah. Why yeah. not? Yeah. At home, that would be great. You have to be held as a champion everywhere I go in the West Palm Beach area. But I think if he goes 73, 74, something like that in the first round, watch yeah. out because <laughs> I just don't know how much he's – pressing his foot down on that gas pedal going into yeah. uh, the second round and beyond. So, all right, that's our front nine. We're going to get to the back nine in just a second. But first, as a reminder, the Links and Locks podcast proudly presented by Bet365, the world's favorite sportsbook brand. Sign up with promo code ACTION to get Bet365's exclusive sign-up offer in New Jersey and Colorado. Bet $1 on any game. Get $200 for free. And as we move to the back nine, I will start out with my first round leader play. You mentioned you've got Sunjay there. I'm going to go with SH Kim, who's a guy that I've been on for first round leader plays a few times already this year. And the guys put up some really nice numbers uh, in the first round. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, he ranks 31st in round one scoring average. He's made 13 starts this season, by the way. SH Kim is another guy who just, if he's in the field, uh, if he qualified, he's playing. He's going there and he's playing. <laughs> 13 starts. He's broken 70 on Thursdays and on eight different occasions so far. He goes low. I Look, I hate, I hate when I take some guy for a first-round leader play and then a week or two later, he winds up being the first-round leader. And I'm like, man, I can't believe I jumped off. I'm sticking with SH Kim for a little bit here. 
No, I love it. I love that you, you know, stick and solid. And I do think that he is a player that's going to become much more known as the weeks go on. So uh, definitely got some talent. Uh, okay, let's see. I'm going to go to the 11th with someone to look into matchups. I haven't got a lot of matchups on offer yet, um, but I think that there might end up being some value of players around wherever he ends up. And that is my little mate, uh, Byung Han An or Ben An, as he goes, um, making his return to the tour after a year, uh, you know, a hiatus, having lost his card, and already starting to show some of the stuff that had him on it as the International Presidents Cup team back in 2019. Uh, what he's four straight made the cuts, I think it was, and PJ National, he's had two top fives in the past. So with that. I think that Ben Arn might be someone that you can find in comparable matchups that you might get a bit of juice. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people on Ben Arn already this week. Uh, look, for me, it all comes down to the putter with him. If he's putting okay, he's got mm -hmm. a shot. So I like that. With the 12th hole, I'm going to go to a guy who always putts well. He might be one of the game's premier putters that we know of right now. But he was also ball striking last week, and Denny McCarthy – Happened yeah. to gain strokes with yep. his irons on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Saturday was really good. Part of yep. a seven under 64 at Riviera. Coming in on a high note. This Look, I, I hate the question, Ben, of who's the best player right now without a, whether it's major or PGA Tour win or whatever else it might be. Mm -hmm. Because look, I, if we're going lifetime achievement award, it might be a Tommy Fleetwood for the best player without a win right now. If we're going... Most talented, it could be a Sahith Tigala, who's obviously really good and going to win at some point really soon. But if we're just looking at you know a guy who's been around for a while, who keeps getting better, but just hasn't quite broken through yet, Denny McCarthy is somewhere on the list, depending on right. what type of variables you look at. I'm playing Denny McCarthy for a top five this week. I think he gets into serious contention at plus 600. Yeah, I love that. Look, Denny was one of the guys that I had here shortlist for outrights, etc. Um, you just, you can only pick so many, right? But he definitely popped on my shortlist for for multiple things. Didn't make the final cut, but for not for any great reason. So I think it's a good play that you've you've stuck Denny in there. Uh, all right, let me go to a long shot play for the thirteenth hole. And when I say long shot, like you earlier, I was looking in the hundreds looking for 150 to 1, 120 to 1, maybe mm -hmm. 90, 95. <laughs> but in fact, it's all the way down to 5,500 for Joseph Bramlett. 24th on tour, strokes gain T to green. One of the better in the field this week, as I said from earlier. Uh, and yeah, just trending in the right direction for me, uh, as I said, and, and just has the game and the factor that can potentially fit uh, PGA National. So... Again, I'm looking for out of the box. I'm trying to find some value. He popped up on a few of my, my um, stat metrics. So keep an eye on Joseph Bramlin as a cross-the-board option. Okay. I can get down with that a little bit. All right. With the 14th hole, I'm going with the guy that I – look, I, I target this player, or at least have over the last year and a half because he's only in his second season on the PGA Tour. But I like targeting him on short, tight, southeastern tracks bermuda greens uh okay. everything seems to fit the profile for grayson sig the uga product this week who i've had my eye on for a while i'm gonna go with the top 20 this week again just 
a, a nice um, prop play on on a guy that you know maybe he's not going to go out there, maybe he's not quite ready to win a PGA Tour event yet. But I, I like this guy. I think he's um, you know sort of got the same temperament as a lot of the other UGA players, which is essentially like, man, I'm just going to go out there and ball strike the heck out of it and see what happens. Plus three seventy five for a top twenty on Sig this week, Benny. All right. Yeah, he was up there for a little bit um, recently too, wasn't he? I saw his name. Where was I dealing with Grayson Sig's name recently? It was. Uh, not that long ago um so he's obviously got some uh, form on the board and for my top 20 play i'm gonna go for a guy would you not getting a great number here but you know how earlier you were talking about you know trying to find sort of a lock to maybe put a bit of your bankroll on i'm gonna almost call this one a lock for a top 20 plus Ooh. 175 canadian taylor pendrith is where i'm gonna go here uh look he last year's honda i went back through it um Three rounds in the red. No one had four. Um, but of those uh, that had three, he dropped back to T25 after one pretty bad round. I think it was third round, uh, 74. Um, but if anything suits where he can, you know, just bring out his game, he can he can use the long game when he needs his irons. He can iron the place to death if he needs to. Uh, and now he's at President's Cupper. You know, I, I think that he could be the bolter this week that actually you should look at him across the board, honestly. But in terms of I'm looking for that lock, I think the top 20 plus 175 is the lock. So I've got a lot of things to say about Taylor Pendrith, but we're only at the 16th hole and I'm going to wait until the 18th hole. <laughs> there the you go. On a regular basis. Hint, hint, you know where I'm going with that. All right, before I get to Pendrith, 16th hole, I've got a couple of top 40 bets for you. One is Tyler Duncan plus 200. Look, there's no form. There's no real history at this event, but he's a guy that I've targeted on shorter golf courses and more especially in the wind. He's a very good wind player. And mm. so I'm looking at Tyler Duncan for if the wind starts blowing. It's not supposed to be terrible this week, but uh, quite honestly, Ben, I looked up the weather in Palm Beach Gardens and it says, you know, usually a 12 to 20 mile an hour breeze for the most part throughout the four tournament rounds. I've been yeah. there. I've covered this event five, six, seven, eight times, whatever it's been. And quite frankly, in Palm Beach Gardens and the surrounding area, the wind could be blowing 12. For whatever reason, at PGA National, it be blowing 28 at the exact yeah. same time. The wind just blows on this golf course, even if it's not a windy day elsewhere. And so I like him there. And then another guy who's played a lot of good golf in Florida, a lot of good mini tour golf in Florida, a 35-year-old rookie who putted lights out at Torrey Pines a few weeks ago, Eric Barnes. It's a very interesting story. Uh, I got to get this right, Benny, because I wrote this up in my preview this week. During COVID, just to earn a little extra money as he was playing his craft as a professional golfer, and there were not too many golf tournaments to be played, he was working at a Publix as a grocery replenishment <laughs> specialist. Yep. Ben, do you know what a grocery replenishment specialist is? He was stacking the shelves, and every now and then he'd help yes, pack the exactly. bags. <laughs> i love the title though it's such a good title yes. <laughs> sounds important oh my good, so, yeah good eric story. barnes at plus 240 for a top 40 oh i love it good stuff um all right so we're getting into my uh final big winner play right 17th hole who am i who am i thinking is going to be the man now look full disclosure the last two weeks during competition, it's been my job during competition to, you know, after certain rounds to pick guys to draw or, or in other words, to get on mid-tournament mid, mid -tournament and who to fade. 
uh, mid-tournament. And both tournaments the last two weeks, he has cropped up and I've faded him mid-tournament during those weeks. But now I'm starting to be a believer. Now I think he's really starting to do something. And I think this guy who's won multiple times on the tour might be ready to come out of nowhere. And it's out of nowhere because he'd been injured for a long time, had some shoulder issues and has just recently come back. But Johnny Vegas, fourth on tour, strokes gain T degree now. Behind only Rory, Ram, Scheffler, Morikawa are all around him on that list. And Johnny Vegas is right there. He's a, look, I would have liked to see better than the, I think it's 33,000 or 3,500, I think you can get for him to win. Um, but just because I've been keeping an eye on him and thinking, no, 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 he's not back. No, no, he's not back. And he's been, obviously he didn't win. So theoretically I was right to say to Fatim, but he's had good results. He was up there in Phoenix. He was up there again in LA. And now he gets to go to a place where I think uh, if he gets his ball striking on point like it has been, look out. We could all of a sudden be saying, oh, there's Johnny Vegas. Where's he been? Right there as a champion at PGA National. Look, I did not write him up in my preview this week, but I do not hate it. He's got a really nice record at PGA National, as you mentioned. And he's one of these guys. We, we've we talked about him before on the pod, Benny, because I, I think if you essentially like, uh, you know, gave everyone a silhouette and you saw them uh, swinging off the range and uh, chipping and putting, this is a guy that he can do it all. The, the swing's fantastic. Uh, he's got really soft hands around the greens. He's a pretty good putter. I, I've thought for a long time that Johnny Vegas has – the talents to be a top 25 type player in the world would not surprise me. I get it. He's a three-time PGA tour winner. I don't, I don't want to sell him short. I don't want to make it sound like Johnny Vegas has never done anything on tour because he's been a very solid player for a very long time, but I believe 38 years old, um, mm-hmm. older than you probably think it. I could see sort of a late career resurgence for a guy like Vegas, who still obviously has plenty of tools. So I like that a lot. Last hole, 18th mentioned it before. Taylor Pendrith at 33 to one is my guy this week. Uh, he has established himself over the last year or so as one of the better drivers of the golf ball uh, yeah. on the PGA tour. And you'll have to do that this week in order to survive out there. I mean, basically uh, don't hit the ball in the water at all. Don't be in too many hazards. Don't three putt. And you've got a good chance to find yourself on the leaderboard. Pendrith is a guy that I've been high on for a while. He's shown a little bit of form. Now he's played well here. Uh, a couple times in the past. I, I just like everything about uh, Pendrith this week. And um, this might be more of a using my long-term bullishness for a short-term play, but I don't think that's a bad idea ever because, uh, you know, this is one of those weeks where I think you look at players that you say, you know what? Yeah, I like this player. I like that player, but I'm not going to pick them at one of these big designated events. We're starting to run out of events, quite frankly, where you would take a guy who's not a upper echelon player to win a golf tournament at some point you go look i i don't know that i played taylor pendrith next week at bay hill with all right. the game's best players i don't know if i'll play him at a player's championship with all of the game's best players there there's only so many events you can take a guy like that this is one of them if you like a guy play it i really like taylor pendrith i will have him on the card at 33 to 1 yeah as i said i think that he potentially could be that lock for me in that top 20 scenario and look he there is the caveat is as you said he's gonna have to be accurate off the tee right like he's he's i think about 40th strokes gained off the tee does well as long as he's not being haphazard and trying to spray it up into dangerous spots where the water hazards are i think that if he plays measured and smart 
This is a tournament he should be targeting as one he can win. Like he should literally, literally be. And look, I know he wants to be. He'd be thinking about Bay Hill and players and all this as well. But these other these mid tier guys, they have to put their focus on these weeks. They have to make sure that these ones are there and they have a crack and and smash those, and then take that confidence from playing well in those events forward into the designated events and hope to be the Nick Taylor or or whatever it was, uh, or even Keith Mitchell, man, who I know we're very gung ho on. I, I didn't yeah. think he would stay up there as long as he did last week. Um, but, there, you know, there's always going to be a guy like that that's going with the big guns at the designated events, but they can't forget that they need to target these other ones and, and try to get some wins on the board as well. And I think Pendrith yeah. is, should be definitely keyed in to try to do that this week. Yeah, totally agree with that. I do like uh, maybe fading some of those players who have had success and are maybe looking ahead to some events later on as opposed to some of the guys who are looking at this as a massive chance well, to change their career fortunes. Yeah, let me let me throw this at you. And we didn't throw this up because we we generally are very positive and we know these these guys are great. But I mean, is this is this a week if you're trying to be a little bit cheeky to parlay your missed cut options with your Sung Jays, your Lowry's, your your Horshaws, your you know, like maybe when they're at Two their plus options, the missed cuts, uh, you might get you might get lucky. Two of those names. We I talked all about Lowry before, and again for me. It, it's about him getting off to a good start. And then Billy Horschel, who uh, you mentioned before we started recording, did not have his best stuff last week. It looks like mm-hmm. those swing changes are, have still yet to fully take hold. And so uh, for me, if if I'm going to make that, that type of play, it's probably a Lowry Horschel play. But again, those guys are so good that they might be able to yeah. go out there for two days and just shoot, you know, even pars and, and be right there and, and not yeah. miss a cut. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just one of those things. It's just one of those weeks where, as I said, look, look, we we always say, you know, bet responsibly and enjoy yourself and and it just don't be silly in these weeks, you know. Just have a little fun. Um, put a few little things out there and and get ready for the big ones that are coming because we have a huge what six weeks on the way, you know, like yes, we've got we Bay Hill yes, into the players, and then we'll have match play, and then we'll have the masters and with a few things sprinkled around it. It's it's there's there's other spots that you can have uh let's say more educated points of uh to, to place your cat. Yeah, can't wait for it. Bay Hill next week. You coming out to uh, Orlando next week, Benny? Uh it's still up in the air, but I might leave that to you and uh Will Gray, who works with us too at Golfbed too. Yeah, so okay. I'll leave that for well, him. It's, it's local and I, I, we'll see I guess Will's gonna get the tea time at the walk instead of you this year, then so I know I, I, that is the, the one thing I would miss if I'm not there. Let me tell you guys, Jason and his club, it's a fun time. If you ever get a chance to to be amongst it, just bring your wallet. You got me last time. <laughs> for anyone out there, if if you've listened this far in the pod then we like you already uh, DM me on Twitter. You're in Orlando. We'll get you out to the walk and we'll get you playing a little Amigos game as we do out yes. there with all the boys. So thanks to everybody out there for listening to this episode of the links and locks, best bets podcast. Remember you can find our pod anywhere. You find your favorite podcast, download, subscribe, rate, and listen every single week for Ben Everell. I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with all your bets for this week's Honda classic. Here's hoping you guys hit the green. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.